Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. How can you look at Luke Etsy? And again, this is his second season calling plays. If this is his first season, it's like, okay, these are teachable moments. You can learn from it. But we saw this last season. Maybe not exclusively with the screen plays, but we saw this kind of behavior from him where it was like with Matt Nagy, where you're trying to force these players to fit what you want to do on offense instead of the opposite and building around them. And obviously it comes back to Justin Fields and how Getzey is just trying to force him to be a pocket passer, trying to make him stand in there. And while the protection did hold up you know, better than it did in week one, although it wasn't perfect, again, I feel like we've gotten to this point where like Justin Fields is broken from like the coaching from you'd go back to Matt Nagy in his rookie season between Matt Nagy and Luke Getzey, when those are your offensive play callers, how is Justin Fields supposed to get out of this live? Welcome to the program. Ryan O'Leary here along with my good friend, Alyssa Barbieri. It's the bears wire podcast brought to you by the USA today network. We appreciate you for hopping on board. We hope you stick around all season long and subscribe. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Alyssa, how you doing this week? I'm doing about as well as you can imagine, right? As I'm sure that you saw. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little uh, Bears worried are about 0-2. you. They're on a 12-game losing streak, and I don't know how, but you know, this offseason, you know, after the Bears, they they did improve the roster. Like it's much better than last year, and they're somehow worse than last season. I feel like that's an accomplishment. It's not a good <laughs> one, but it is an accomplishment. And I mean, I guess it's kind of. I don't know. I just I, I feel like at this point, how 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 are we already at like a full on panic mode after two games? This is probably the earliest I felt this. I don't know. It's just it's been crazy, and I'm just and then I realized, oh my god, the Chiefs are on deck, and it's just all going to hell. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think we're there. It's 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 time to panic. The team does not look good. They don't look good on defense, especially, and and we'll get to that here coming up. Um, just like how they look on defense, what they're doing, the personnel they have, Ryan Poles, his, you know, what he's done in, in building that that unit since he took the job in the roster. We'll, we'll get into all of that. But let's start with what I think is the lead story right now with the Bears, Alyssa, and that is uh, Levante David, who, of course, plays for the Bucks, Uh-oh. and what he said after the game where he said, quote, everybody knew what was coming, end quote, on that key pick six that Shaq Barrett had that sealed the game where Shaq Barrett peeled off the the blocker and intercepted fields on the screen pass and waltzed into the end zone or got pushed in or whatever you want to call it. Biggest drive of the game for the Bears. And according to Levante David, they ran the same play, quote unquote, same formation. Everyone knew what was coming. So we know that Luke Getzey's in love with the screen pass, Alyssa, all kinds of forms of the screen pass. We know that by now. He's so insistent on it that after that first down play on the drive that was blown dead by a penalty, so the Bears line up, they go to run a screen. They didn't quite get to run it because the play got called back by a, a penalty. Now it's first and 11. The Bears line up in the exact same formation, and they ran the same play again, Alyssa. And Levante David said the Bucks knew what was coming, and that was a big reason why Shaq Barrett, where if you watch the replay, he was definitely eyeballs on Justin Fields, reading the play, peeled off, made the interception. It was a pretty easy play for, for Shaq Barrett. And did we talk about this last week, Alyssa, how... 
you're playing the Bucks and they're loaded with veterans who kind of know what they're doing. They're going to be hard to fool because they have a lot of veterans on that. They're not going to be fooled when they just saw that exact same formation and what you were planning to do, Luke Getze, right? So I think this is the lead story. I think the offensive coordinator at this point, we've seen the track record, Alyssa. It feels like he's way in over his head at this point. We know the quarterback is struggling. We can get to that as well. I don't think Justin Fields is like exempt from criticism at all. He deserves it as well. But I don't think his offensive coordinator is uh, putting him in great positions. And a situation like this is just, doesn't it highlight it? I mean, you can sit after the game and talk about the execution. Needs, the execution needs to be better all you want. But you call the same play out of the same formation. The Bucks players tell you after the game that they knew what was coming. And that's the key play in the game that makes you lose. I mean, how can that not just be infuriating to a Bears fan trying to watch and, and try to understand why this team's not better? It, the offensive coordinator right now, Alyssa, I mean, I don't know if you, we talked about doing that hot seat meter, right? Bringing that thing back. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what's the hot seat meter for Luke Getze right now? Is it at a seven and an eight out of 10? Like, where are you at with him? It's pretty high. And you want to know what, you know, to list. I think it was actually three straight plays. They were in that same formation. Oh my God. And which is crazy. And I mean, ever even the, obviously the first week everyone saw, you know, and it was a joke, but it's kind of serious. They're like Luke Getze in his screens. He wouldn't stop calling screens. And it's just, it's not working. Move on. I mean, to be fair, there were a couple of successful screens in this game, but you're not supposed to use it as like an offensive identity. Like, so let's move on from that. But like when that came out, the Levante David, you know, called that out and he sniffed that out. The one thing I remember, and I'm, tr- I-, I believe it was the Browns game when the bears played them in 2021, uh, where I believe the Browns knew a certain play was coming as well when Matt Nagy was the was the offensive coordinator and head coach, or calling plays at least. So it, it feels all too similar is my point. Like, here we go. Oh, it Again, does. 100%. We didn't think it could get worse than Matt Nagy, but somehow it is. It's the same thing. And, like, I was, I said this is like a joke. I'm like, I'm convinced that Luke Getze is, like, this undercover spy for the Packers, just, you know, set to infiltrate from, from inside and just to – to rip that team up and to destroy Justin Fields. And it's working. It's working so far. I mean, how can you look at Luke Etsy? And again, this is his second season calling plays. If this is his first season, it's like, okay, these are teachable moments. You can learn from it. But we saw this last season, maybe not exclusively with the screen plays, but we saw this kind of behavior from him where it was like with Matt Nagy, where you're trying to force these players to fit what you want to do on offense instead of the opposite and building around them. And obviously it comes back to Justin Fields and how Getzy is just trying to force him to be a pocket passer, trying to make him stand in there. And while the protection did hold up, you know, better than it did in week one, although it wasn't perfect again, I feel like we've gotten to this point where like Justin Fields is broken from like the coaching from you'd go back to Matt Nagy and his rookie season between Matt Nagy and Luke Getzy. When those are your offensive play callers, how is Justin Fields supposed to get out of this live? It's just, it's very troubling. I feel like Luke Getze is a detriment to the offense at this point. And the thing that makes me the most upset is when he gets up there on Thursdays, when he's talking to the media, fielding questions, and you know they're going to ask him again. We're filming this on Tuesday, mind you. Uh, when he gets up there again on Thursday and he's he's asked about the ineffectiveness of the offense and the scheme, he's going to probably point and say that it's an execution thing, which, I mean, Part of it is execution, but also it's the scheme. It's the same thing. I want him to get up there, same with Matt Eberflus, and take accountability. That is your job as the coach, as the offensive coordinator. You need to do that. You have your players doing that. Justin Fields is the first one. He's going to take all the blame on himself. 
which he is part of the problem because he was missing wide open guys. But again, he's overthinking things, I think. And that has to do, that sends back to Luke Getze and the coaching. It's just, it's, I feel like we're right back with Matt Nagy, Ryan. And I don't know if it's somehow worse because it's Justin Fields. Uh, and I feel like he's just being ruined at this point. That's strong commentary for Alyssa, that, for you, Alyssa, and that's why I have to check on you because if we're back to the Matt Nagy days and Justin Fields is broken, I'm not sure if you're like, are you okay? I mean, this is this is that, that's that is strong commentary, but I'm with you. I mean, the defense has been predictably awful, and we'll and we'll get to that. There should be no excuse for the offense, though, right? I mean, that was all the big investments, all the big moves were made on that side of the ball. DJ Moore, uh, you know, Chase Claypool, like they brought in. They they drafted offensive line help, right? Like they they had they beefed up the offense to be more competitive on that side of the football to help Justin Fields take that year three leap or whatever you want to call it. We shouldn't be shaking our heads every week and saying this is the same old crap. And that's what every single Bears fan's doing right now. It's exactly what you're talking about, Alyssa. It's the same old crap. Uh we shouldn't be doing that, not with what you know the Bears did in the offseason. So that's that's point number one. Has Justin Fields taken a step back in terms of his confidence and what he's seeing out there? It seems that way, right, Alyssa? It seems like he's holding the ball just as long, if not longer, than last year. It would just be nice if the offensive coordinator could actually scheme up something for him to get the ball out a little bit faster. It, I hear what you're saying. Like he is, they're trying to make him be a, like a drop back passer, stand in the pocket, read the field, and do it. But he's just holding the ball too long. It, it isn't. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Like easier throws. Can they just figure? I mean. That aren't just screens. Like not not every easy throw has to be a screen. I, maybe that's what the screens are for. There's ways you could scheme up the offense, like some of the stuff we saw the Packers do for Jordan Love in Week One, where you can get the ball out fast and have a rhythm to the offense. It just feels like Fields is holding the ball, overthinking whatever it is. I don't know, but it sure doesn't seem like he's taking a step forward so far. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's regressed, and I know. I, again, I feel like we're having the same conversation we did at this point last year. But that's year two, right? And now we're in year three. This is like the make or break here, it feels like. So when you're talking about, you know, making it easier on him, I completely agree. Like, let's roll him out. Let's utilize play action, things that Luke Getzey has not been doing. And I don't want to wait until after the Washington Commanders primetime game for Getzey to realize, oh, oh, my scheme sucks. Let's make some changes. Because, like, I feel like we're headed towards that again. I feel like it's going to be panic mode at this point. And then... They're gonna. It's gonna be another embarrassment against the Commanders on Thursday Night Football. Thank you NFL for that one. And then they're gonna have like that, you know, long bye week, right? Or not bye week, but you know, like the I guess a mini bye week, you know, in between that and their next game, for them to really do that evaluation. But like we've already been here. You already know the answer. And I know I I'm just I'm confused. Like what happened? Because I mean, obviously, you know, uh, uh, NFL uh, defenses are gonna. You know, they're adapting to what they saw from the Bears last year and everything. But at the same time, focusing just on this season alone from that first game, you should know that's not going to work. And I feel like it's the same thing over and over and over again. This is his job. (laughs) Like, Luke Getz, you're getting paid to do this, and you're just not doing a very good job. And I don't know, like... I remember like at the beginning of the season going through the schedule being like, okay, I can see maybe they get to eight wins this season. And now I'm looking at the schedule. I'm like, is like, where's the win going to come? You look at some of these teams, like obviously the Chiefs are up next and you know, the Broncos, I still think they're talented. I'm like, it's, 
the commanders even. I mean, it's going to be the Vikings are 0-2, but I mean, that offense and thinking about them going as a defense, I mean, I'm just like thinking ahead and it's very frustrating. And I just think that Luke Getze needs to let Justin Fields go be Justin Fields because I feel like Fields is timid. He's scared. Like you said, I think that some of those easy throws are there, but he's just not letting it rip because he's overthinking things. I feel like with Eberflus, especially with this hits principle, which is just laughable, I feel like at this point, <laughs> like the emphasis not turning the ball over, right, for the offense. So maybe Fields is like way too much in his head and he's not trusting his receivers to be in the right spot, you know, with those anticipatory throws. And then he's thinking about, oh my gosh, it's going to be a turnover and this. And he, so he's thinking way too much and he needs to go out and just let it rip. Just go play the game. And I think, though, the most important thing is to like even heading into the Chiefs game is just to get Justin Fields comfortable. And like that's what I had seen on the first drive against the Bucks. That that first drive that they orchestrated perfect. That's what you want to see. DJ Moore got the ball a couple of times. Then all of a sudden it's like Luke Getzey got back from his bathroom break and was calling <laughs> plays. It was like someone else was calling the plays on that first drive. It was so confusing. I, I don't know, Ryan. I'm I'm trying to find answers, but I'm just like, here we go again. New offensive coordinator, same old problem. No, it's the Bears Therapy Podcast. This is what we do. We talk through it and try to figure it out as we, we just talk through it, right, Alyssa? And but yeah, I mean it's gotta we need we need the offense to look better than not just the beginning of the game where it's all scripted ahead of time, you know, based on what you see on film. And then there's adjustments and you actually have to adjust and, and you know, make calls based on what's going on in the game. To continue to be successful, like a real offense. What are those? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, it's it can't just be the scripted stuff in the beginning. It's got to be more than that. So, with the Justin Fields commentary, and I, I want to move on to the defensive stuff, and we'll get there here coming up. Four carries, three yards for Justin Fields. Um, does that bug you, Alyssa? Uh, I mean, yeah. I think I I totally agree with you. You could almost see him thinking too much. You you just see him holding the ball way too long and processing way too much. When, when he's overthinking, like you were talking about, Alyssa, that's the times when he's struggling the most and he's, you know, he's getting sacked and, and bad things are happening. It's when he's not thinking, like when he's just letting it rip, like you've said, or escaping the pocket and just making some of those dynamic, crazy plays we've seen him make where he's just reacting to what he's seeing and going. Those are the times where Fields is like shows his brilliance and shows why we have faith in him to be the quarterback of the Bears. But you see that stat, like what four carries, three yards. I know he scored a touchdown on the ground, but that is that what is bothering you about this game plan? Like we, no design runs again, pretty much out of the game plan. I mean, there's a lot bothering me about the game plan. Also, the run game in general, where Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson had a combined 11 carries in this game, which is BS, considering I think Herbert was averaging five yards a carry and Roshan eight yards a carry. He just completely ignored it. But yes, Justin Fields and the lack of design quarterback runs. And like you said, like as you were talking, like I was like, that's exactly it. Is like, no, like we're talking about the overthinking and you see Fields back there. He's trying to be that pocket passer that they want him to be. You see him standing back there too long and he's trying, like he's overthinking it because he wants to do what they want him to do. But normally, as we saw last year, at, he got to the point where he's like, screw it. I'm going to take off if nothing's there for my own, like for self-preservation. And like, I feel like we're probably going to get to that moment again this season it felt very disjointed in this game, like even more so than the Green Bay game. Like it, it, it was, yeah, it was very confusing. I want to see him just do less thinking. 
And, and I want the coaching staff also to like sit down and have this conversation with them too, and just go out there and be you go out and be the quarterback that rushed for 1100 yards last season. And that set an NFL record for single rushing yards in a game. Like, Go be that guy if you need to be. Like, I know, you know, he even joked and said, I don't want to rush for a thousand yards again, but just go out there and do what you need to do to keep the chains roll, to keep the chains moving and to score points. And I, I just feel like the coaching staff, whether it Luke Etsy, Andrew Janoco, like they want him to be a pocket passer. How are we not at this point where they don't understand that he's not? Like, that's not his game. Let him go play his game and then you'll start scoring points. And winning games, which is the point, especially if you want to keep your jobs, guys. Yeah, it's like they're they're trying to prove that he's a passer where you and I, we've never wavered. We believe in him as a passer. We think he can pass and complete passes down the field and all that. But yeah, yeah. You, but you got to start. You got to scheme it around what he does well. And I just agree with that uh, so much. So we'll see. I, I think, Alyssa, when it comes down to it, I think Getsy loses his job before fields. I know people are kind of trying to bail on fields and we're saying, Oh, the bears are, they're going to move on from him or whatever, uh, or they're regretting not moving on from him when they had the number one pick or, or, you know, you're seeing all these hot takes right now because of the way this has started. I think Getsy goes before fields. You know, I think, uh, you know, if the bears are smart in the, in the bears brass is smart, they'll try to find somebody who can work with fields and works better with him before they bail on the quarterback. That's just a gut feeling. I don't know what you think but about that. Let, let me ask you this. What if, cause currently I know we're in week, well, technically it's week three now, and I'm already doing this. Technically, the Bears currently have the number two and number nine picks in the 2024 NFL draft. So if the Bears were to happen to, again, finish in that top spot and Caleb Williams is on the board, then are you doing that same thing? No brainer. I think it's Caleb Williams. If yeah, if they're if they're exactly. if they are bad enough, Alyssa, where they're the one pick again, number yeah. one pick, I think you got to go Caleb Williams and you just try to f- trade and get something for fields. But I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. But, I mean, Caleb Williams looks good. But, but I'm hoping also, it doesn't come to that. Yeah, but also, what if because they what if the Panthers? No, I don't think so. But what if the Panthers finish with that number one spot and the Bears are maybe what number five? So like you're not the worst, but also you didn't win a lot of games. Like and Justin, you're not feeling too comfortable, confident about Justin Fields. Do you shop the number one pick or do you go with Caleb Williams because it's the whole you know Ryan Poles didn't draft Fields? I feel like they would know at that point, and I, my gut would tell me that they would move on. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think that's where I would lean to. I don't know if I'd like it. Well, I, I mean, if you can get Caleb Williams and he is like the next guy, um, it looks like, I mean, he's on every single commercial I could see. Wendy's, like he's all over the place, this guy. They're already marketing this kid. Like he's going to be a superstar, you could tell. Uh, so I wouldn't blame the Bears for doing it, but I just don't, like I'm not convinced it's the player. I just don't think they have the right coaching around him, right? And I think that's what we've been kind of yeah. trying to talk through here. But so that would suck. Uh, if they can't just at least get the most out of the player and actually evaluate him. Um, I still have faith that it could work with Fields, but it hasn't been good for sure. I think Getze, a lot's on him. I don't think Fields is exempt from criticism, like I said earlier, and he yeah. sucked, but yes. Getze hasn't helped him out. But also, how can we have any expectations for the Bears at all, Alyssa? I know there were some coming in. There was optimism, as we talked about in the preseason. But with the way the defense is right now, how can we have any expectations at all, right? I mean, through two weeks, and the Bears have played Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. Not exactly Patrick Mahomes, who we were going to talk about here in a little while, right? Like, they okay. faced Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. The Bears are allowing six yards per play, 6.0. That's 31st among all NFL teams. They kick it off the field. Opponent third down conversions per game. Chicago is tied for last in the NFL. They're allowing eight and a half first downs per game. 
on third down alone, Alyssa. So when teams get to third down, they're usually converting. Down again, once again, down at the bottom of the league in sacks. So Yannick Ngakwe isn't like really pushing that envelope. Bottom of the league in sacks. They have one sack in two games, not against Tampa Bay. And how many times, Alyssa, did they have Baker dead to Mayfield dead to rights, like seven yards beyond the line of scrimmage and couldn't take him down? And he wiggles away and gets positive yards on the play. It's like pulling your hair out. It's like how many times we had him. They just can't get the quarterback down. It's unbelievable. I thought they got better pressure in the game, but they still didn't get any sacks. Zero defensive takeaways now in two games. They, they haven't taken the ball away on defense. And it they have all kinds of problems on that side of the ball. And does, it comes down to the GM, right? Ryan Poles. It does feel like the old regime. It feels like Pace and Nagy because the Bears are 3-16 and 16 since Poles inherited the roster. We've said mostly good things about Poles. We've been hopeful. I think he has a vision. I think his vision goes beyond 2023. But we, shouldn't we start questioning the defense he's built the uh, you know just the approach he's taken to building this defense, he's added some some stuff on offense that hasn't been working, but on defense, like his big his big uh, acquisitions or signings, I guess I should say in free agency, were the middle linebackers, right? Tremaine Edmonds being the big name. They haven't been much of a value add. I know they're racking up tackles, but it's because the Bears are making it awfully easy to catch and run with the football. So I think they're T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds are going to be racking up tackles. Uh, they've just, I don't know, Poles made two big draft picks, right? His first two draft picks as a GM were on a box safety and in a slot corner. And they were rookies and they were thrown right into the fire and they've struggled a little bit and they've struggled with injuries and all that. Were they ready? I don't know. Um, your best pass rusher right now, the guy you're counting on the most, is the guy you just signed right before the season. Like you look at the way he's building the defense and you kind of got to scratch your head. I mean, maybe his vision goes beyond into 2024 and beyond, Alyssa. And that's why I can't understand it. But you look at this defense. I don't think it's getting better anytime soon. I don't think there's any help coming. It's easily the worst in football. And like you said, you have Patrick Mahomes and some way tougher offenses here coming up. Uh, So can you help me? Like, again, Poles might have more rope than the head coach of the coordinators. Maybe he's letting ownership know, like, hey, guys, work with me here. I have a vision. But can you see the vision? Because I can't quite see it. I think this defense blows. And I, I don't think it's getting any better anytime soon, and especially this year. How can, how can we have any hope or expectations for the team when the defense is playing the way it is? I have no hope, no expectations <laughs> other than, you know, bad things happening. Uh, no, but, you know, like you said, for the vision, I don't know what his exact vision is. But, you know, when he first came in, Polls talked about wanting to build through the draft, which is something that, you know, the Chiefs did, you know, during Polls' time in Kansas City. Um, so like I, I can see, and he's adding guys, you know, through the draft and he's bringing in key veterans, but at the same time, like, I feel like, you know, for, especially on defense, these guys haven't had a lot of time together so far. They're new to the team. A lot of them are out most of the summer with injuries. So like, it's still kind of the beginning, but like, I don't know, Yannick Ngakwe, like, I mean, I feel like he, this whole game, like down in Tampa, the key, I, I don't even know what was going on. It was so surprising and the thing is is the defense was actually a little better than they were against the Packers which isn't really hard to do uh, when you're giving up that many points but yeah like you said I mean I want to give it some time before I'm blaming polls I want to see how things shake out and the fact that the team is riding an active 12 game losing streak certainly isn't helping things and injuries uh it does sound like Eddie Jackson's going to be fine uh or at least good I don't know if that means he's playing this week 
uh, which I really hope so, uh, going up against the Chiefs. Um, he's going to be fine. Kyler Gordon's out for at least a month uh, with a broken hand. So you have like injuries to, to the secondary, but you really, it all comes down to, to getting after the quarterback. Like that was the thing that was talked about this off season. And, you know, polls is, you know, polls made some additions with uh, Yannick Ngakwe and Demarcus Walker, but they're not getting the job done. I mean, I'm on his position, so I, I can't, I can't criticize him for getting rid of guys like Travis Gibson or Terrell Lewis, who I think, did really well in the preseason and getting after the, after uh, the quarterback and stuff, but they just weren't a scheme fit. But like, you need to see those guys getting those sacks. One sack in two games is just, it's unacceptable that that should not be happening. And then the, the other major uh, issue on defense is getting off the field on third down. That's just, it's been frustrating. It was an issue last season and it continues to be an issue. And the fact that the Buccaneers, especially this was a winnable game. For the Bears, they had a chance to win it, and there were a lot of situations where, on you know, in the, with the Buccaneers facing third and lo- like third and long, they just like the Bears defense, they just could not get off the field. They kept giving up those big plays, like whether it was Tyreek Stevenson giving up up that touchdown to Mike Evans, not the one where you know he pushed off. That was the other big play, the seventy yarder, um, which wasn't called, so that technically shouldn't have been a touchdown. But I mean, th- just the defense in gen- general, it, there's a lot. To be desired, Matt Eberflus is calling plays with Al Williams being out. I mean, I guess they blitzed a little bit more, but again, they couldn't get home uh, on Baker Mayfield. And Mayfield just, I forget the stats exactly, but Mayfield was very hot on uh, uh, when the Bears were blitzing him. Like, he was on fire. So, I don't know. It shouldn't be happening against Jordan Love and Baker Mayfield. And like you said, with Patrick Mahomes now on deck, um, yeah, it's... It's about to get a lot worse. <laughs> Let's talk about Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, oh. shall we? The, the Bears are big, big underdogs uh, to the Chiefs. Uh, I might have some. I might have a positive take on this game that I think Alyssa's going to hate here coming up because uh, Alyssa, you don't sound like you have much positivity on your mind about no, the no. Bears right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we're going to talk about the matchup. The Bears are huge underdogs. Can they cover? Could they cover against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead? We'll debate that here coming up next. But first. Week three fantasy advice from the huddle.com. Corey Benini of the huddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number three. Quarterback Kenny Pickett, Pittsburgh Steelers at Las Vegas Raiders. This one is somewhat of a shaky recommendation, and Pickett's ceiling maybe isn't as high as some would like, but he has a little bit sturdier of a floor this week than usual. Las Vegas has given up 225 yards and two and a half passing touchdowns per game, and there's a clear need for the Steelers to open up this aerial attack. Even though Pickett will be without Deontay Johnson once again, he still has a dangerous weapon in George Pickens, two capable pass-catching running backs, and a quality tight end to rely on. Be pleased with something in the neighborhood of 250 yards and a pair of scores. But he's probably best utilized in daily fantasy sports. Running back Javante Williams, Denver Broncos at Miami Dolphins. Somewhat surprisingly, Williams has dominated this backfield's carry count 25-9 over Samaje P. Ryan in the early going. The two have produced nearly identical fantasy results, however, and suffice it to say, the returns haven't been great. That should turn the corner this week against a Miami Dolphins defense that has given up running back touchdowns at the fourth highest rate, and only two teams have yielded more running back yards on the ground. This matchup is much easier to exploit rushing-wise, and we like Williams for a season-high performance as a fringe running back two or a strong flex. Wide receiver Kadarius Toney, Kansas City Chiefs versus Chicago Bears. No KC receiver has drawn more targets in each of the first two games than Toney, and he shook off the rust that led to his Week 1 disaster with a 100% catch rate on his five looks in Week 2. He's always a home-run threat, 
and the former New York Giant offers potential for rushing points as a bonus. Chicago has given up wide receiver touchdowns at the fourth highest rate thus far in 2023, and Tony's an interesting gamble out of the flex position. Tight end Cade Otten, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Philadelphia Eagles. Eight touchdownless catches for 60 yards through two weeks doesn't really move the needle in fantasy, but Otten warrants a lineup spot due to this brilliant matchup for those of us who stream the tight end position. The Eagles have permitted the most PPR points, non-PPR points, and receptions to the position through two games. This is the number two matchup for yardage, and only a pair of defenses have surrendered touchdown scores at a higher rate. For more award-winning fantasy football news, tips, and advice, please be sure to check out thehuddle.com. All right, we're back. The Bears opened as uh, 12 and a half point dogs to the Chiefs in Kansas City. Alyssa, you told me when we started recording that it's up to 13, the spread. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 13 yeah. points. The Chiefs right now, Alyssa, and here's my positive take on the Bears that you're going to hate. No, no. The Chiefs should not be giving 13 points to anyone right now. Travis Kelsey's banged up, does not look right. Kadarius Toney is basically Mahomes' top wide receiver. And I think anyone watching, even from the outside in, can see how reliable Toney is. Oh my God, that guy's a basket case out there. They haven't looked particularly dominant through these first two weeks, to say the least. They haven't been like Dallas, right? They haven't been out there looking like the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the time to get them. I think the Bears are getting the Chiefs at a good time. I know it's an arrowhead. Uh, but I have some stats to kind of back me up here, Alyssa. Kansas City, they have 13 consecutive wins as a double-digit favorite. So they usually win when they're favored by 10+. plus, And that makes sense because they have Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? But they only cover the spread, that double-digit spread, five times in that stretch. So again, 13 consecutive wins as a double-digit favorite. But they've covered just five times out of 13. I think the Bears lose. I'm not picking them to win. So don't don't kill me, Alyssa, right? But I think right now... The Bears could cover this thing. I think I'm taking the points. I think I'm taking the 13 points. I know it doesn't look good right now. I know a lot of Bears fans are expecting them to get crushed. I, you, you especially you, right? But I think they're going to cover this spread. I love the Bears at 13, and I'm hoping this line climbs closer to 14. I love it even more. Then I'll hammer it even more. I actually like the Bears. Again, they're not going to win the ball game, but I think they're going to cover. But you don't have any faith in that, do you? I don't. Let me ask you this, Ryan. Of those five games <laughs> where they were favored by double digits... And didn't cover. How many times did they play the Bears? I don't have that information in front of me, Alyssa, <laughs> so I cannot answer that. <laughs> so wait, my my point being probably zero. Is, yeah, but 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 my point being is I do, I think that the Chiefs cover that easily. I feel like I mean the fact that you look at the some of these games, the first two games, the Bears losing thirty eight twenty, which I don't think I don't know it could be that bad actually. This is the Chiefs thirty eight twenty to the Packers, twenty seven seventeen to the Bucks. I mean, I just feel like when teams need a get-right game, you play the Bears. And I feel like the Chiefs, it's very weird to me that they have they haven't scored more than 20 points in a game this season. I think that changes drastically, maybe even doubles on Sunday <laughs> against the worst defense in the league, like you said. I mean, it's not even just I feel like the Bears offense isn't going to be able to stay on the field and keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. (laughs) That's the problem. They're going to score so much and win by so much because the offense, it's going to be some of the same again, again against the Bucks where some of these drives, a lot of three and outs really short. Like you give your defense a break, especially against Mahomes and this offense. I have no faith. I mean, this, this game, if they somehow manage, and we talked about this before we hopped on air, like if they somehow manage to cover, like you said, or even like, lose by only a score, I'm going to count that as a win. 
because that would be very impressive and something that I am not expecting. I I mean, I'm not rooting because I I know like I'm just like very doom and gloom. I'm not rooting for the Bears to lose this game. I don't want them to be bad. Trust me. The entire time I've been covering them, uh, they started covering them for USA Today Sports in 2019. They have been bad, even when they made the playoffs that one year. Um, It's just it's very frustrating just having to kind of rehash everything over and over and over again. So I would like something new to write about. It would be so very Bears for them to go out and win this game. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I don't know how. I'm not going to tell you how because I don't think it's going to happen. But I feel like they lose the games they should win, and they win games that they shouldn't. <laughs> well, let me like, tell you. Let very... me tell you how. Let me tell you how, Alyssa. That, that's a thing in the okay, NFL, probably. right? It's a week to week business in the NFL, right? That's true. And on paper, the Bears lose. Like we know that yeah. they're they're 13 point dogs. But sometimes you play up to your competition or down to your con- competition, right? That's just a thing in the NFL. You can't judge everything off what you saw the previous week. Uh, well, with the Bears, you kind of can because they've lost all these weeks in a row. But work and with it's me Luke here. Getsy too. It's Luke Getzi, right? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know. I'm going against everything I said in the first segment, but I don't care. Damn it. I think there's a spot here. I'm not as surprised that Kansas City struggled earlier early in this year because I think I think. OK, so here's what I think. If the Bears are playing the Chiefs around Thanksgiving, I think they get the, blow, the doors blown off. And I think they lose by 20 or whatever. Three touchdowns. Totally with you. I just think they're getting them at the right time. I don't think the Chiefs are like. They're not that well-oiled machine yet. They're going to build up to it. They're doing the slow build. This is what Belichick and the Patriots did for years. They would suck early in the year, go 2-2 two and two in September, and then all of a sudden they're killing people after Thanksgiving. And That's just what it is, and Mahomes is trying to figure out what wide receivers he can trust. Kadarius, Tony, Sky, Moore, like, I don't know. I, they haven't surrounded him with much. they got an aging Travis Kelsey who's banged up right now. Uh, the run game, eh. I don't know. They're they're kind of figuring it out right now in offense. Now, again, the Bears defense, that's a that's a good one to get on your schedule if you want to get right. I totally understand what you're saying, Alyssa. I just think, you know, the game could flow, ebb and flow a little bit for the Bears. They can make some plays and hang around in this thing. Again, I'm not predi- I'm not predicting them to win, but I think they can hang within 13 points. I don't think the Chiefs are built right now. They're not they're not ready right now, I should say, to start blowing teams out by two touchdowns even at home and even against the Bears. So, I am I feel good about this pick. I'm I'm kind of I'm really feeling this one. And you know, I really felt week one when I picked against the Bears against the Packers. You were mad about that too. So you don't like my picks this year. <laughs> but I am actually taking the Bears to cover. I I like this big balloon spread in their favor. I don't think they're gonna get blown out. I think you learn a little bit about your team, what you got. When your backs are against the wall, everyone's laughing at you. The Bears are 0 2. They get blown out by Kansas City. It's like literally on Bears wire. It's a Caleb Williams watch. Where are we picking? Where are we picking next year? Oh, that's where nice. we're going. Yeah, that's where we're going. That's where we're hey, going. That's the idea for that, Ryan. <laughs> now you already had that idea. I stole that idea from you. But if you're doing that in September, that's not good. It's <laughs> no. not good. Those posts in September aren't good on Bears Wire. So I think you learn a little something. I think the Bears will find something in them to like come out and battle a little bit. And I'm I'm taking the over. I think the total's at 49 and a half if I'm right. It's under 50. I'm taking the over and I'm taking the points. And that's how I like oh. this. That's what I think about this game. So put her on the board, Alyssa. Wow. You do know that um, Luke Getzi is still the offensive coordinator <laughs> for the Bears. Maybe he'll get fired that, before this podcast airs. I don't know. That would be amazing. Please, Ryan Poles, if you're listening, or football gods out there, please make it happen. I'd be, I'd be happy um, about that so, move. I would like that move. For the I, and then I would completely change right. my, my Okay, maybe not completely. But um, yeah, Luke Getzi is still the offensive coordinator. Justin Fields still looks lost or he looked lost last week. And I don't expect that to change you know, too quickly. 
I'm assuming Lucchetti's going to run a very similar game plan <laughs> and is going to uh, continue to make Justin Fields stand in the pocket. Uh, now the Chiefs have Chris Jones back, uh, a defensive line that sacked um, Trevor Lawrence four times uh, and held Jaguars to nine points last week. Um, so I don't, I'm taking the under on that and I am taking uh, the Chiefs to cover. I, I feel like it's easy. I mean, then you already mentioned like Patrick Mahomes going against that defense. I'm looking also on like the offensive side. I feel like this is a game where you really should run the football with Khalil Herbert, with Roshan Johnson, with Justin Fields, but I don't trust Luke Getzey. <laughs> I, I can't. I mean, again, this is year two, man. It's the same thing. It's like, it's like groundhog day, except for like, I don't want to relive last season, but we're, that's what we're doing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like I expect it to be similar to this Jaguars game where the Bears offense is maybe held to like, I don't think they're going to score more than 20. I think the Chiefs offense can score, um, like I said, probably anywhere like to 40. But like in this instance, I'm probably, I'm going to take the under because I don't think the Chiefs are going to, I don't know, they're going to be running the ball very early on in the second half, just kind of, you know, run that clock down. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be, we're going to have a running clock in the second half, Ryan. Okay. I just, this is our fourth season for doing, my sanity this and is our- for, <laughs> for the rest of the Bears fan sanities. And so I can get my game story in very early. <laughs> this is our fourth season doing the podcast. Listen, this is yeah. as down on the team as I've heard you. You're down. I doesn't that say a lot? I mean, my gosh, we've been through it all. I mean, I feel like it's so I'm exhausted. I told you like last week after week one, I was exhausted. Somehow I'm more exhausted. It's more frustrating. It's Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy all over again, except for it's more frustrating because Justin Fields is so much better than Mitch Trubisky. And like, oh, like I'm I'm imagining Justin Fields in San Francisco or something, you know, and like what he would be doing, it would not be this. The coaches would know how to would know how to take care of him. Um, he would be lighting the league on, you know, lighting the league up. Oh, yeah. Because like they're zero and two, Ryan, and now they have to play the Chiefs. I'm just how am I supposed? <laughs> I was trying to give. I was trying to get you fired up. I was trying to give you a little positivity on my take, and I really do believe this. I think I think the Bears are gonna again on paper. You're completely right. If you're looking at this black and white, you're correct. And you're probably you make tons of sense. <laughs> but I just think it's a gut feeling. I just think they're gonna they're gonna find it within themselves to come out and say, Stop laughing at us. We're not that bad. Right. We scored a lot of points at times last year. We had you know, they had that that stretch last year where they were scoring a lot of points and they were fun and we were hitting the over every single week. So can we get I that? Those days. Can we find that again? <laughs> That's in them. Can they find it? They have more weapons than last year. Find it. I think they find it this week. I think they compete with the Chiefs. I don't think they win the ball game. I'm stopping short of that. It'd be such a hot take if I picked the Bears, though. Oh boy, oh that would be God. that would be scorching. But I can't get there. I just don't. No, I, I can't do it. They look too bad on defense. But I think they're going to come out and battle. The offense is going to score some points. Gut feeling, Alyssa. That's all it is. Gut feeling. But I, I'm I'm not convincing so, you. So that's okay. Is your gut also telling you that Luke Getze is actually going to is going to design an actual game plan? A functional game plan. I think he's gonna. I think he's feeling. I, mean, I think he's gonna feel the heat a little bit. His his seat is hot, right? I don't know what it is. Is it an eight? Is it a nine? It's it's getting hot. I think he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to figure some stuff out and stop calling screen. You know, the same screen pass over and over <laughs> that the defense can easily pick off and just start. You know, coming up with some stuff that's gonna you know get fields going. And I I don't think it's that difficult yeah. to do. They just get the ball out of the kids' hands, please. And not a, a play that the defense can diagnose in two seconds. Just scheme some stuff up. Get the ball out. 
get them in some rhythm. Like it shouldn't be that hard. Like, come right? on, dude. It's like, don't you know that the entire NFL is mocking you? Yeah, like, totally. The, the NFL world, they're mocking Luke Getze. That is the lead story. Like, yes, people are worried about Justin Fields, but the amount of analysts that are just like so angry at Luke Getze for, I mean, it feels very reminiscent of Matt Nagy and Fields' rookie season, which, oh, Ryan, guess what? The Bears play Matt Nagy this week. <laughs> How did they almost skip over oh, that? Jeez, we blacked that out. <laughs> oh, my God, Matt Nagy, you're right. You're right. Jesus. This week, no wonder why I have a whirlwind of emotions. There's the punchable <laughs> face on the uh, on the Chiefs sideline. The punchable face of the week is going to be Matt Nagy, for sure. Yep, always. Because Andy Reid doesn't have a punchable face. I actually want to squeeze his cheeks or something. I like him, but right, he is so yeah. sweet. Yeah, Matt Nagy just has a punchable face mostly because yep. I just I, I'm seeing him smile, you know, during these losing seasons. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, he's always got a stupid smile on his face, doesn't he? Nagy. Yeah. I mean, he's a nice guy. He comes off as a nice guy. How dare he enjoy life? Crappy coach. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how dare he enjoy life after what he did to the Bears? He's living the life now, right? I mean, he got to go win a Super Bowl ring Mm -hmm. last year, like doing nothing because, like, you're the quarterback coach for Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to do anything. Just don't talk to him. All right, Alyssa. Well, we've hit our if we we'd have to charge ourselves for another therapy session if we go any longer. We've hit our we've hit our mark here. So let's just let's just you leave got it me, like, la- like laughing at that's, the end so that's a that's, that's good a, that's a plus yeah that's good so uh again I, we, we both are, are kind of aligned on the fact that we think the bears will be 0 three it's just yes. a matter of how does it look against the chiefs do they give us something where they they battle and they show us a little fight and give us a little something to feel a little bit better about the season Alyssa, or do they get blown out and we're just you know we're just kind of ripping them to shreds again next week you know that's that's the big question can they hang in this game uh, we'll see. I'm hoping that they do, and I'm hoping that you come back. You know, feeling a little bit more optimistic next week. But again, it's I'm actually going to bet on that. But I I don't feel good about it. <laughs> but I am going to bet. I I'm betting on them coming out and surprising you this week. So now you're going to be even more angry when we come back and record next week mm-hmm. that you lost money because of the Bears. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'm going to put like actual money, but I do have a pool where I pick every spread. You know, I'm in one of these you know office pools. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bears. I'm gonna put my money where my mouth my mouth is. I'm gonna pick the Bears, especially if this line climbs above 13. I mean, that's a no brainer oh. to me. That's a no brainer. So <laughs> don't let me down, Justin Fields. And Matt, uh, enough, we'll call Matt Nagy. Don't don't let me down, Luke Getzey. Come on, I'm back in the Bears. That's so. what he's supposed to. He will always let us down, Ryan. That is what he does, mm-hmm. Luke Getzey, until he is fired. <laughs> All right. Well, if you can't tell, Alyssa is down on the team, <laughs> but you can also catch her stuff on Bears Wire. So go check her out there. Uh, for Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you for uh, joining the therapy session this week. We'll be back this week. And uh, no matter what happens, Alyssa, we'll be back every week of the season to, to break down what happens with the Bears and talk through it and, um, and, and try to make sense of it all. So um, once again, for Alyssa, I'm Ryan O'Leary. Thanks for joining us. As always, we'll catch you next week. We're in hell, but as always, bear down. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast 
set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.